You're listening to the Imperfect Pursuit Podcast, episode number 22. Well, guys, it's time for another guest interview. I mentioned a little while ago that I have batched quite a few guest interviews during this season. I recorded these over the last few months, knowing that I was entering a really busy wedding season, and now you guys get to listen to these amazing conversations that I had with these awesome guests. Now, today's interview is with Kayla Simmons. And as you would have read from the title, we're talking all about shiny object syndrome. I actually didn't know a whole heap about what shiny object syndrome even was. I could kind of put two and two together, but chatting with Kayla about what this concept shiny object syndrome means and how to actually overcome it within my business was really, really helpful for me. And I know you guys are going to find a lot of value out of this as well. Before we get into the interview, as always, I'll just read a little bit about Kayla so you understand a little bit of her background and where she's come from. Kayla describes herself as a saucy trendsetter, I love that, who helps other women entrepreneurs cultivate their passion and skills to build purpose-driven, profitable brands. She began her entrepreneurial journey as the founder of The Melanin Perspective, a community that enhances self-development for women of color. After fumbling through every trendy business idea and get-rich-quick scheme she could think of to monetize her self-development blog, Kayla finally fell into alignment as a brand consultant. As the CEO of Kayla Simmons LLC, she helps overwhelmed service-based creatives use their free content platforms to drive conversions for their paid offers. She's had experience as a newspaper editor and leader of various organizations. She also holds a BS, which I assume is Australia's equivalent of a bachelor degree, in business marketing with a minor in mass media. So she uses this expertise to set the global stage for businesswomen to make a massive progressive impact while effortlessly sustaining their top tier lifestyles. Can I just say, Kayla's bio is just, that was so gold. I really enjoyed this interview with Kayla. I found that it helped me to understand what shiny object syndrome was. I was able to recognize moments in my own journey, both past and present, where this idea of shiny object syndrome has been prevalent. And she shares some really helpful tips to help you overcome shiny object syndrome when you feel like you are going from idea to idea, trying absolutely anything to make money without any real intention or strategy. We talk about mindset shifts to help you work through shiny object syndrome. Kayla shares her experience with niching down, which is a really interesting conversation. And she also talks about how she attracted her first three consulting clients in her first 30 days. It's a great conversation. And I know that if you guys love the juicy mindset work as much as I do, you're going to love this episode. So before I keep rambling on, let's dive into this interview with Kayla Simmons. Hey, welcome to the Imperfect Pursuit Podcast. My name is Sarah Luthi and I love all things marketing, money, mindset, and helping creative entrepreneurs pursue their purpose. Nothing in life or business is perfect, but I believe in the power of taking imperfect action and showing up with grace, authenticity, and intentionality. So if you're ready to imperfectly pursue your biggest goals and build a life and business you love, there is a place for you here. Hey, Kayla, it is so good to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm really looking forward to hearing about your business journey and all of the amazing wisdom that you have to share with our audience. So before we dive in, do you just want to share a little bit about who you are, how you got started with your business and what you're doing now? 
Yeah, so um, my name is Kayla Simmons. Um, I'm a brand consultant and I help overwhelmed service-based creatives use podcasts to drive conversions for their high ticket offers. And essentially I got my start, dipped my toe in the little entrepreneurial pond, if you will. Back in 2019, I started a self-development blog called The Melanin Perspective. And I was having a good time with that, was slowly growing the audience. Um, And as we went into 2020, we know what type of year it was last year. Mm-hmm. I, I think we can all agree that 2020 made us really think about everything we thought we ever wanted. I was in college at the time and the natural trajectory for how I thought my career would go. I thought, you know, I'd graduate. I would work in corporate for a few years. I wanted to work in fashion. Um, I actually do have a business marketing and mass media degree. And so I thought that's what I'd be doing. And then, you know, all the while growing the, the self-development brand on the side, and then years later, take that full-time. And obviously, that's not what happened. <laughs> kind of fell into shiny object syndrome, just trying to figure out like my way, which um, you know we'll elaborate more on in the episode. And then later last year, in, in the fall, someone asked if I offered consulting services. And so you know, that was a reoccurring theme, you know, even with my self-development brand, people always complimented me, you know, on my branding and marketing. Mm-hmm. And so um, I decided to kind of nurture that gift. And um, yeah, we, we ended up here. That's so good. It's amazing how many people I've spoken to who have had a similar story and have pivoted that crazy word we're probably all sick of, but have pivoted in 2020 into something new. I think obviously COVID has been such a horrible thing to happen and it's brought a lot of challenges and a lot of turmoil for a lot of people. But um, I also know it's made a lot of us reevaluate what we're doing in our lives and our businesses. And it's um, really beautiful to hear some of the good stories that have come out of a really sucky situation. So yeah, that's really cool to hear about that. So you're still, I guess, relatively new in your current role, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm just about six or seven months in. So yeah, still new. Yeah. Have you still got your other brand as well? Yeah. And well, the funny thing about that is talk about alignment. Right around the time that that person asked me about consulting services, I had actually planned a hiatus for that self-development brand. And so it was like the perfect time to nurture the gift. And I thought that I'd, you know, it'd be a short hiatus and I'd probably pick back up in the new year. But this consulting business has just scaled so much and required so much of my attention. I'm actually still Mm -hmm. on a hiatus. So I do plan to revive and um, relaunch that brand, but it probably won't be until next year. Wow, that is amazing. I really want to hear more about, I guess, what you do, as in like, what does your role look like? How do you help people? What are you consulting people with? Yeah, so um, initially, I was helping service providers use free content platforms like blogs, podcasts, or uh, video platforms like YouTube channels to kind of nurture their audience, gain their audience's trust, because I believe, you know, in leading with free value, um, just because as a consumer, that's what I appreciate in marketers. And so I always try to instill in my own business what I would want as a consumer. And I try to teach my clients to do the same thing. So it kind of started out as me helping them create those sort of content platforms, really making Mm -hmm. sure that their own high ticket offers are aligned with their area of expertise. Um, and making sure that that content platform that they choose aligns with that. But recently I've niched mm-hmm. down even more and I'm just focusing on podcasts and how that can be a boost to their high ticket offers. Yeah, 
Amazing. And I know a lot of people have started podcasts over the last 12 months. So that's a really good time, I think, to be able to niche down into helping people with that. So that's cool. One thing you mentioned was shiny object syndrome. And I know that's where our conversation will kind of be sitting for most of the chat today. So I would love to know what is shiny object syndrome? I know a lot of people have probably heard this term before, but are you able to share just your personal experience with shiny object syndrome and maybe just explain what that looks like? Yeah. So for me, I I feel like shiny object syndrome is essentially when I feel like the best way to describe shiny object syndrome is to kind of show off the differences between shiny object syndrome and pivoting. So um, a lot of people confuse the two. I know that I did I think pivoting is kind of like a natural progression or change that you need to make, whether that be in your business or in your life, right? Um, Usually you kind of have a gut feeling um, and usually, Mm -hmm. you know, it falls into alignment with the trajectory of how things are going to go. Shiny object syndrome often is associated with burnout because you're switching gears a lot of the time. You don't really stay Mm -hmm. with things for too long. It's very impulsive. You don't, people with shiny object syndrome, they don't really meditate on decisions, mm-hmm. you know, thoroughly before making them. It's very impulsive. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of how I would describe it for those who don't really understand the concept of shiny object syndrome. Yeah. And I see it all the time, especially when people are like trying something new in their business and maybe it doesn't produce the results that they think as quickly as they hope. And they just put that to the side and think that's not working. And they don't allow some of these strategies or ideas or new things to kind of take root in their business. And um, yeah, I see a lot of people being very sporadic in their decision-making. And and I guess that's kind of where shiny object syndrome was born out of this idea of, oh, something looks shinier than this thing that may not be working at the moment. And they just gravitate towards the new thing without necessarily spending much time thinking about whether that's the right decision. So I really love that explanation. So what did this look like in your own business. Are you able to maybe share a little bit, share a little bit about the detail? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, so like I said, last year, I kind of, even though I already had the blog, I just, I don't know, I graduated from college last year. So that kind of left me at a standstill because I'm just like, okay, well, I obviously am not going to get a job immediately after graduation. Mm -hmm. So what am I going to do here? Like, I had a lot of time to think. And so naturally, I can't sit still. I just started experimenting. I think for me, shiny object syndrome really, it got really messy really fast. And I think it really kind of hits the people who are multi-passionate the most. You know, I have a lot of different Mm -hmm. things that I like to do and a lot of things that I'm good at. And I think it really kind of kicked off because I had a lot of people in my ear, whether that be for one, we all know there's so many different types of online businesses, (laughs) so many different strategies within a business type, like it's so overwhelming. There's so much out there and you deal with that fear of missing out. And it's just like, I felt like, Mm -hmm. because I still had that toxic hustler mentality that I had to be everywhere, you know, be every type of business owner, be every type of entrepreneur. So I was taking media courses. I was, I thought I was going to be a copywriter because obviously I'm good Mm -hmm. at writing. I just made a lot of like, I'm the person that buys the the Facebook ads. <laughs> like I'm the one, <laughs> I'm the one that will make the impulsive buys with the templates. And I can't tell you how much stuff mm. I have booked up on my laptop that I've, I've yet to look at. And so it kind of fell into to that for me. And then mm. it wasn't really until that person asked if I offered the consulting services and I started to lean into that, that I realized like, okay, I 
I really got to start niching down some and I've got to let some of this stuff go, which was hard, but I knew I had to do it. So yeah, it was Mm. crazy. Yeah. And you raised a really good point there as well, because shiny object syndrome can come into so many different parts of our business, as you say, whether that's investing possibly a little bit too quickly um, or just having too many offerings and not being able to just niche down to one specific offering or one specific client. There are so many different spheres that I think shiny object syndrome can really leak into, particularly when it comes to investments. So you make a really good point there. But it's so important to be aware of when this is impacting our businesses. Obviously, we know mindset is so important. And I think this is something that we really need to be intentional with and deal with if we need to. So yeah, that's a really good point there. So do you have any tips or maybe some specific mindset shifts or things that just helped you to potentially work through your shiny object syndrome and maybe just, I guess, one, to be aware of it and two, to actually start working through it? Yeah, I think some tips I would share is to one, ask yourself when you feel the need to make a change, ask yourself the reason why you feel the need to make that change. If the Mm -hmm. reason why you feel like you need to make that change is because you know you feel in your gut that you're not in alignment or you know that you need to kind of switch gears to really fulfill your purpose, then that's probably more of a pivot. And yeah, you should probably lean into that change. But if the only reason why you are wanting to make a change is because you're bored, is because you're not seeing results as fast as you would like to. Because I think, you know, another thing I think for one, obviously last year we saw a lot of new entrepreneurs, right? Because, you know, we're all in the house. You know, some of us, you know, have lost jobs or, you know, we're working from home. So we even if we do have a job, there's more time on your hands and you're kind of just like, okay, well, maybe I I will start a business off of that hobby that I like. Um, But the thing is, most people don't truly understand what entrepreneurship is. And they think that if it's not like fun all the time, or, you know, they're they have to do some boring things that that's not in alignment. So they need to switch gears. And it's like, no, Mm -hmm. sometimes you need to sit with that and nurture that like, and also remember that, It may be boring to you and repetitive to you at times, but when it comes to the audience and the people that you're serving, it's convicting to them because, you know, they're not where you are. You are leaps and bounds ahead of them. That's why you're you're the expert, right? And so sometimes Mm -hmm. we forget that. And so it's really important to really lean into the reason why you feel the need to make a change. And I think that would help resolve a lot of those issues. Mm. I think so often we just don't take the time that we need to, to process those decisions. So no, I really love what you said there. And I remember you mentioning it toward the top of the interview. Sometimes people aren't very good at meditating and that's often when shiny object syndrome can kind of, yeah, be a role in our business. So I think it's important to take the time that we need to, to process those kinds of things before being very quick to make certain decisions. Were there any other tips or mindset shifts that you wanted to share? I think that that is the biggest one. Some mm-hmm. more like common, you know, tips that aren't as quote unquote deep. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you have got to log off of your social media for a while so you don't see all the different ads, please stop signing up for every webinar and masterclass that you <laughs> see. <laughs> just yeah. like just don't do it. <laughs> if you've got to unfollow yeah. your favorite guru, 
Like, do it. Trust me, nine times out of ten, they won't even notice. But if you've got to do that so you don't get distracted, please, I promise you're not missing Mm -hmm. out. So I think that's a big one, too, because the comparison thing and that fear of missing out, like, sometimes you've just got to really get quiet and by yourself literally and figuratively. Um, And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, try to stay away. If you know you're the type to be tempted, maybe stay off social media for a little while. Um, maybe put certain blocks on your phone. There's ways to do it. So um, those are some more, you know, simple tips that I would recommend. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, unsubscribing from some of those email lists temporarily, I think is really important. I've seen a lot of people get caught in the trap of feeling like in order to achieve success, they need to purchase XYZ products or courses or programs. Yes. And it's um, not always the case. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there are people who are just so afraid to invest. And I think it's important to kind of be aware of of where you may be kind of sitting on that spectrum, because I think um, neither end is necessarily healthy. I think it's good to be in the middle, be willing to invest, but only to invest in the right things rather than having those knee jerk reactions and thinking, yes, like I I need this product if I want to grow my business. And it may not necessarily be the case. So important to weigh up intentionally, whether that's the right decision or the right investment for your business. Yes. I think a huge thing with shiny object syndrome is, I guess, just acknowledging when when it's there. Mm. Sometimes, I mean, I love the tips that you shared in order to decide whether it's a healthy pivot or I guess an unnecessary, yeah, rash decision that we're making. But I think a huge thing is just being able to acknowledge when this could be something that we're struggling with. I think that's half the battle, isn't it? Is understanding absolutely hmm, like maybe this is something that I actually am dealing with at the moment. Like maybe I am having these knee-jerk reactions, whether that's to lack of results or lack of income or you know comparison, comparison or whatever is playing on our mind. Just acknowledging when we're having these knee-jerk reactions and making these decisions without properly yeah processing them or thinking about whether that's actually the right decision so um, I would just encourage anyone who's listening to just be aware of it whether it's in your life or your business I think shiny object syndrome is maybe something you've heard of but maybe haven't been able to acknowledge if it's something that you're actually dealing with yourself and I think that's half the battle is to be able to understand when that's playing a role and then being able to deal with it Absolutely. I I totally agree. I was in denial for a while because you don't want to admit that. I think a big part of this, and I'm just going to be so transparent. I am Mm -hmm. the type to really, I'm very much of a planner, um, which is ironic seeing as we're talking about shiny object syndrome. But when I go (laughs) into something, I go all out. And I mean, when I say I go all out, like I am very big on like streamlined systems and processes. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes I don't like to admit that it's shiny object syndrome because I don't want to have to go through the process of like redoing all of that stuff. And so it's like, you kind of just live in a state of denial. Like even now it's just like, oh, how do I really don't want to change my messaging on all this to to just podcasting, but it's like, I know it needs to be done. So let me just shut up and do it. But I think that's a big part too. So yeah, I totally agree. Mm. Well, that brings us to a really good conversation about niching down. I know you've already mentioned what that kind of looked like for you and your business going from helping people with their content creation in like literally all aspects to then niching down and really just 
focusing on people and helping people with their podcasts in particular. So um, would love to know what did niching down look like for you? How did that feel at the time? And I guess, how did you know it was time to niche down even more? Because I know niching down can feel so scary and it feels like, I guess, you're turning away potential business or potential clients if you make that window of offering too narrow. So we'd love to know what that looked like for you. Yeah. So I I think two big examples come to mind. The first being when I first decided that I was going to give this brand consulting thing a go at the time, one of the courses that I had invested in was Digital Course Academy by Amy Porterfield. Mm -hmm. And at that time, it was about halfway through the program. And when I decided to do the one-on-one coaching, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm all for investing. This is the moment where investing is good. You know, I I know I needed help. Um, I wanted Mm -hmm. to get someone who was an expert at starting a one-on-one coaching consulting business. And in my mind, I was was like, okay, well, I'm just going to like, I had been in contact with Vanessa Lau, um, who has this program. She's a YouTuber and also an entrepreneur who has this program called Boss Graham Academy which is specifically um, designed to help you get your first one-on-one clients. And Mm -hmm. I I said, okay, well, I'm going to invest in this program and I'm going to try to, I tried to trick myself into thinking it wasn't shiny object syndrome because they were both in the same niche. Um, However, Mm -hmm. a course and a one-on-one program are two completely different models. And so for me to try and build both of those things from scratch as a new business owner, that just was crazy for me to think that I could do that. And so I had to get really honest with myself. Like, I can't do this. I can't, mm. I can't create both of these at the same time and have them both be to the quality of my liking. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to go and put this course on the back burner for a while because I have lifetime access to it. And I'll just have mm-hmm. to launch that later which will work out anyway, because I'll I'll probably feel more secure. I'll have, you know, one-on-one clients and testimonials. And so it'll work out. So that was one of the first um, really big points where I niched down. And then again, the Mm -hmm. recent um, one that I'm kind of going through right now, I, like I said, I initially had the program where um, you could want to create a blog, a podcast, or a video platform to drive conversions for your high ticket offer. And although I never heard any pushback from my clients about being overwhelmed with the options, for me, it was overwhelming because I was having to create 3x the content because, Mm. you know, teachings for each of those platforms, they're different. You know, the SEO is different. The structure is different. All that stuff is different. And it was overwhelming. And I was like, I, and I really had a hard time letting go of the blogging because that's where I started. And I felt like Mm -hmm. I would be neglecting it in a way if I really focused on podcasting, but I had to be like, okay, well, no, you're not truly letting it go because, you know, for most podcasters, there's a blog component where, you know, you post on your your website. And so you're not completely losing it. And now at this point, you're way more known for your podcast than you are the blog. So it's okay Mm -hmm. to let that kind of, you know, fall back a little bit and really focus on this podcast thing, because that's your true zone of genius. That's what really lights you up. And that's what people Mm -hmm. are really starting to recognize you for. Absolutely. I think sometimes we can overcomplicate it. Hey, like sometimes it is just a matter of deciding, do I enjoy one thing over another? Because if that's the case, there's a really good chance that that is potentially what you should be focusing on. I think sometimes we feel that we need to have these you know, many, many offerings 
out of fear of, I guess, the lack of income. I'm not going to make as much money if I niche down. I'm not going to attract as many clients, um, which is usually just a total lie. But I think sometimes we actually just need to take a step back and decide, am I enjoying one thing over another? Because if that's the case, I think it's a good sign that maybe it's time to niche down and really focus on one be on one specific thing and be really, really good at it and just be known to be that expert in that one particular thing. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. No problem. So I would love to know, I know you mentioned this to me um, before we hit record, but I know that you ended up attracting your first three consulting clients in your first 30 days, which is insane. So we'd love to pick your brains there. What do you believe was a contributing factor in this? Because that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, thank you. I think just kind of this has been a reincurring message that we we haven't really said out loud, but I think putting my pride aside mm-hmm. in multiple areas, um, for one, admitting that I, I needed to niche down and, and get specific for one, and then two, you know, reaching out and investing in a program that would help me expedite this process. And then three, within that program, actually following the protocol that is taught in the in the program, because, you know, there's also a lot of people, usually the ones with shiny object syndrome are pretty stubborn. And they're like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to invest in this thing, but I'm going to do it my way. And it's like, why invest (laughs) their way is right. You know what I mean? At at least try Mm -hmm. their way first and then make the changes. But I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to invest in this program and I'm going to follow everything that she teaches and implement it just as she teaches. And then if I need to make adjustments later, I will do that, but I will follow her instructions because she's built a $1 million Mm -hmm. business off of this. So obviously she may know a little bit about what she's talking about. Mm. Sorry, what course was that? Yes, it was Boss Graham Academy by Vanessa Lau. It's cool. designed to help you attra- attract your first one-on-one coaching or consulting clients. Um, and so I mm. decided to follow this program and the instructions to a T. And then mm. in those moments where I was, you know, on these sales calls, for one, I acted with integrity. If I felt like I couldn't help that person, then I did not pitch them. And for those Mm -hmm. that I did feel like I could help, I did not try to manipulate them or guilt them into signing on to work with me. I made it very clear. This is something that I'm just starting out with, but I know what I'm doing with this. And if you trust me, then I know that I can help you work through a transformation that will change your life. And so just acting in integrity and really like following guidelines that have already been set, not trying to reinvent the wheel, but just trying to, you know, make my best spin on it. I think that's what really Mm -hmm. helped me to attract those clients so fast. Yeah, I love that. I think it's important to know and to acknowledge when someone may not be the right fit and to actually just release them (laughs) and to know it's actually a good thing if you don't work with them, because if they're not the right fit and if you're not the the right person to help them with their problem like chances are it's just not going to end very well for either of you so I think it's important to be um, really mindful of that and to know that the right clients are out there and when those clients come along as you say to not feel like you have to manipulate them or um, you know bend over backwards to try and convince them just trusting that you are good at what you do you can communicate your value to them and you can you know help them in that on, I guess the the early process of that, whether that be a sales call or a consultation, you can you can I guess prove your value at that point. But at the same time, the decision is up to the client, and I don't think it's 
healthy for yourself or for the client if you are yeah trying to twist certain truths or change things in your process or um, you know do anything that that doesn't have that integrity as you say in order to try and book them so I think it's a huge mindset thing that yeah that I think is important to work through (laughs) yeah yeah for sure Mm. Um, so have you leveraged Instagram much in your business? Has Instagram played a big role in the growth of your business? What does the gram look like? <laughs> That's my platform right there. Mm. Yeah. And I think speaking of, uh, shiny object syndrome and, and niching down, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that you asked that question, um, because that was another thing, not just in terms of like the types of content platforms that I was advertising in terms of like the blog, the podcast or, or the YouTube and, and having all the different types of services. But I think having shiny object syndrome with social media platforms is such a huge thing as well. Um, and so Instagram, mm-hmm. that's my main jam. I know like Clubhouse is the new wave. I'm on there. I haven't really done a deep dive, but mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm the same. Yeah, I, it's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I've dabbled, but it's very overwhelming. And I feel that, yeah, I just feel like it has the potential to be a huge time waster. And I just don't have the time to to throw away at the moment. So <laughs> it's one of those things. I'm kind of watching that space and seeing if it's worth spending much time on. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um, I so agree. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, non-credible people on there who are, who are acting credible. It mm, kind of gives people that. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, there's people like that on every platform, but I, I've noticed, especially with, with Clubhouse. I mean, mm. so yeah, I mainly, that's how I've been able to attract those clients is um, mainly connecting, like posting stuff on my Instagram, like different like surveys that I, I posted to kind of get market research to get prospects on sales calls. Um, I've really le- leveraged that even with the new VIP day offer um, that I have in my business, I've leveraged Instagram stories like that's really my jam. So mm-hmm. just, you know, a tip to everyone listening, whether it's Instagram, whether it is Clubhouse for you, Facebook, whatever, you do not have to be everywhere. <laughs> I promise, mm-hmm. like, I've, obviously, there's the potential to get clients on any of these platforms. And yes, if you leverage them, you know, you could probably catch some leads and even close some deals. And I know it's hard when you see all these people, especially like the bigger names that you follow on all of these platforms. And it's just like, well, how can I get, I want to be visible like that, but also please remember they have teams. um, um, And so Mm. they can afford the time to be everywhere because they have, you know, more manpower behind them. So don't feel bad if, if you're not everywhere, it's okay to kind of focus just as you're focusing on your one content platform, just as you're focusing on your services or products that you offer, you can focus on one social media platform and really leverage that. Um, so yeah. 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 You make such a good point. The big, you know, the big dogs up the top, they have huge teams who actually help them to do that. I, I can bet a lot of money that the big names that you're probably thinking of haven't logged into haven't logged onto their Pinterest in like years yeah. <laughs> or at least oh, months. My goodness. So if you just are feeling this huge guilt because you're not, you know, on Pinterest, you're not on Facebook, you don't have a great Facebook group happening, you're not on the gram, you're not on Clubhouse, whatever it is, you're not in all the pla- you're not in all the places, just know that 
the people that you're looking up to, their business looks very, very different to yours. They have, I don't even know how much experience, they have huge teams in order to help them to achieve that. And the truth is you don't need to have the same model to find success or growth in your business. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm, I think, I mean, for my own wedding business, I I would say 80% of my business comes through Instagram. I've really leveraged Instagram over, you know, since the start in order to um, build my business and attract clients. But I would say that that platform, whether that's Instagram or Facebook or whatever, whatever platform you're focusing on does need to go hand in hand with strategic SEO as well, because at the end of the day, we don't own any of these platforms. So just something to keep in mind that if you are focusing on one specific platform, I think it does somewhat need to go hand in hand with um, like a strategic website that is optimized for SEO or whether that's email marketing or just having some kind of platform in order to reach your clients. If God forbid Instagram were to go down tomorrow, (laughs) I think it's just something important to keep in mind and try not to build your business on one platform. Um, I think it does need to go hand in hand with another way to reach your clients. Absolutely. I so agree. Mm. This has been such a good conversation. Is there anything that um, I have forgotten to ask or anything that you feel called to share before we start wrapping up the episode? Um, No, I don't. I don't think I think I don't know if the imperfect action, I think that's part of like your usual questions you ask everyone, but I think you covered yeah. all the ones for me specifically. So, yeah. Amazing. So good. Well, yeah, I would love for you to answer that question. I'm sure you've heard me. Um, ask it in my other podcast episodes but yeah I would love to know if there was a specific time in your business I'm sure there are many um, but one that comes to mind that yeah you decided to take imperfect action and yeah what did this look like for you and how did it pay off um I think the most recent one comes to mind with my VIP days that I, that I do for um, podcast production I literally just was like you know I've been hearing about um, VIP days um, and implementing those in businesses for a while now. Um, It was kind of tugging at me internally, but I'm like, I don't Mm. know. And so I just hop on Instagram stories and I'm just like, what will, what will hurt, you know? And so I just did a poll. I was just like, if I offered VIP services to my, you know, offers, would you guys be interested in that? Would you buy into it? Um, And and some people said yes. And um, then I put another poll out there, like, you know, I'm doing a, a podcast production walkthrough. It would be a one day intensive, aka a VIP day. Mm. Um, you know, click the yes if you're interested in serious inquiries only. And literally, you know, people responded. I started DMing them and I literally mm. had no proposal. I had, and that's a lot for me because I'm a planner. So no proposal, <laughs> no sales page. The offer wasn't even fully fleshed out. I was figuring it out as I went. And um, yeah, like I got like two prospects like high leads, you know, extremely warm leads in like a couple minutes. So yeah, <laughs> that's a good example. That's amazing. Yeah. I think so often we find ourselves feeling stuck when we don't have that perfect plan all laid out. Um, but I love hearing these stories that come out of this question of people who have decided to just take that one step forward, even when they don't have yeah, their, pe- their plan perfectly um, laid out in advance (laughs) and just deciding to overcome those fears and just take that first step and and see what happens. So yeah, that's amazing. I love that. And I know that especially as a planner, that must've felt very challenging and kind of would have gone against the grain a little bit for your personality. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. 
<laughs> oh, I love that. Okay, well, bef- before we dive into how people can find you and connect with you, just a few rapid fire questions for you. I really love hearing people's responses to these questions. So, yeah. would love to know if there is a um, podcast or a business book or maybe both that you're loving right now that you think um, the listeners might like to know about. Um, I don't have like a favorite podcast. I kind of jump all around. Of course, Amy Porterfield's yeah. Online Marketing Made Easy. There's mm-hmm. this one called Epic Fab Girl by uh, Candice Cheney, I believe her name is. Um, of course, Side Hustle Pro, you know, the OGs, mm-hmm. um, Smart Passive Income. Those are some some podcasts that come to mind. As far as books, I think I love The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. And there's this book called It's the First Self-Development Slash Business Book I Ever Read, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Um, that holds a special place in my heart. So, yeah. Mm. Oh, such good recommendations and I'll link all of those in the show notes as well in case you have already forgotten those names we'll pop that in the show notes amazing okay is there a business tool or resource that you're loving at the moment yes okay um so I would say I, I do love my CRM system Dubsado however mm-hmm. my favorite tool right now it's this membership that I'm subscribed to called styled stock society and essentially it's in the membership you have access to this like endless library of stock photos that you can use Mm. and you can I love how you can segment it by color so you can find images of people or without people based on your theme colors um you can decide if you want people or people not in the photos and it even gets a specific if you want people of color in there and then they also Mm -hmm. have their designers create loads of canva templates for like ebooks guides social media posts like anything you could think of for your business so I use that thing it's like the holy grail um, <laughs> that's awesome yeah so I yeah. love that I've I've heard of it so it's really cool to hear from someone who actually uses it so that's really cool we'll pop that in the show notes is that a monthly membership I think they have um you can do like quarterly so every three months I think um it's like 87 bucks or or you can mm-hmm. buy like a lifetime membership I think it's like three or four hundred dollars or so um so mm-hmm. yeah um not monthly but quarterly or lifetime access yeah amazing I really need to look into that thank you for the recommendation yeah. so good and last but not least what are three things that are bringing you joy they could be big things small things just three things that are just bringing you joy at the moment yeah so First thing, food. It always brings me joy. It makes me so happy yes. to eat. <laughs> Second thing, um, my podcast. I'm just super excited about all that we've got going on behind the scenes and the direction we're headed mm-hmm. in. Um, and then the third thing, I think, I, I guess uh, this is going to sound so conceited, but um, myself, I think I've really prioritized my self-care and self-love a lot. Mm-hmm in the last year um, and really been nice to myself because it hasn't always been that way. I'm usually very hard on myself. So really nurturing that self-love, that's something that's bringing me joy right now. Yes, great. So good. Well, Kayla, it's been so good to interview you and pick your brains about all of the things, niching down and shiny object syndrome. And it's been really, really good to hear some of your stories. So thank you for coming on the show. Um, Before we finish up, do you just want to share um, with our listeners where they can find you and yeah, where you like to connect? 
Yeah. So um, you can follow me. I'm just Kayla Simmons on Instagram. Um, if you're on Facebook, I'm, I'm Kayla Simmons official. I do have my podcast, uh, the Bougie Boss Up podcast, which Sierra will also be on. So tune into <laughs> her episode when that drops. And then if you wanting to collaborate the best route right now, I would say is my podcast plug VIP day. Um, so it's a one day intensive. I'm walking you through the entire production process, literally from conception to promotion, like pre-production and post-production included. Got some cool bonuses for you. So um, if you want to learn how to produce a podcast, a top tier podcast um, with high quality um, at that, then definitely hit me up. You can email me. I'm sure I'll, I'll provide a link to Sarah as well. Um, but you can also DM me on Instagram or anything like that or email me at um, hello at kaylasimmons.com. So good. I really wish I knew about where I wish I wish you were around when I launched my podcast. That would have been so, so helpful. Yes. I wish yeah, I was around awesome. when I launched my podcast. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. And for anyone listening as well, Kayla is actually spelt K-H-A-L-A. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, for so long I thought her name was Carla, but it's it's Kayla. So if you're typing her name directly into Insta, just go K-H-A-L-A um, and she'll pop up. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, my, my mom's weird. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we will also – Again, throw that one in the show notes as well in case you want the direct link to her website or Instagram. Um, We'll make sure it's there for you guys. But Kayla, it's been so, so good chatting. Thank you so much for your time and coming on the show and sharing your amazing wisdom with our listeners today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss future episodes. And while you're at it, if you'd like to leave a five-star rating on iTunes, I would be so grateful. This lets me know what kind of content you're loving so that I can keep creating valuable content for you in the future. It also helps this podcast to find its way to the ears of other creatives just like you. You can check out the show notes for links to everything that was mentioned in this episode or head to my website, www.sarahluthie.com for more information and some cheeky freebies. Thanks again for being here, friend. I am so grateful for you and I'm cheering you on as you imperfectly pursue your purpose.